everybody. Welcome to FTF Podcast. We're on episode 18 now. Uh, we're also up to 18. Which is, which is three more than how, than, oh damn, you were doing the same joke. Actually, <laughs> uh, I'm Drew to Median IQ of our listeners. The median, uh, that's a, that's really low and, and, uh, and I heard that IQ isn't real. I heard that that's like not even real. Uh, anyway, yeah, I'm. <laughs> I think. What's what's my IQ? If you, I think they say if you have to ask, you don't have one. Is that is that how IQ works now? <laughs> this, uh, yeah, this I, know, this I know how things work. But anyway, we're on episode eighteen though. That's that's a lot. It's like eighteen that- more episodes than I thought we'd complete. Yeah, I uh, uh, I thought we'd do about two, so uh, so it's cool. And again, like all uh, group projects, I assumed someone would fall through. But what's really funny about Drew and I is we're both the people that usually get left doing the work in a group project. Yes, <laughs> so we actually work we actually work pretty well together because we're both like, yeah, we need to both. Oh, you you did it. Oh, you can actually make that time we agreed upon previously. Huh, that's unusual. So, uh, so yeah, with, uh, with Ed and I, uh, uh, both having, uh, the, uh, the idea that we must be responsible for a hundred percent of the work in, in any group project we're in, it goes pretty smoothly, honestly, which, uh, which yeah, is, I'm, I'm honestly shocked, which is anyway, awesome. Do you want I'm, to talk about some stuff instead? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Complaining, complaining non-specifically about group projects. Yeah, about no, projects. I've uh, uh, no, I've actually had it on my calendar for quite a while to just let this go, just kind of let it die off, just flake on every oh, meeting, awesome. flake on every meeting we've had. But uh, you know what? What buoyed me this week is uh, I saw something, Ed, and I shared this with you earlier. And uh, I'm going to pull it up here. And uh, the first thing I'm going to say, the first thing Ed said when I showed this to him is he said, this is probably not real, which I appreciate. But uh, so it's a it's a photograph. It's from a guy on Reddit who sold uh, a VHS tape player to somebody. And it's this very uh, effusive letter from a guy who. In the letter, he says, hey, I'm 86 years old. You know, I found some VHS tapes. I did not have anything to play them on. There's some family VHS tapes. Um, And uh, I didn't have anything to play it on. And you listed your VHS player and you helped me get it running. And he went on. He said, you know, I saw a tape of my wedding and all these trips I went on and my family, my, you know, my close, my extended family, just growing older and maturing and just got to see this going on through the years. And of course, the the subtext of this is, you know, I got to recap my life. I'm 86, the guy says. And essentially, the subtext is I, I got to recap my life before I died thanks to you selling me a VHS player, right? And I assume he left good feedback on eBay as well. But uh, right. I, I mean, uh, if he didn't, that would be a real shithead move. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and... uh It'd be like, no, it's like, for, I, I haven't sold anything on eBay. Is it like, do you just give a positive or negative or is there like a, like four out of five stars? 
Um, well, it, it's gotten more complex over time. Uh, you know, it used to just be like positive, neutral or negative, but it was uh, leaving negative feedback was something you would you would not do. Basically, unless you couldn't, unless you couldn't work something out right, and and you know, if somebody's being real difficult or whatever, you'd leave negative feedback, and then of course you would occasionally like sell an item to somebody, you'd sell a record to them, and the media mail cost for selling a record is like four bucks, and it costs you a dollar to put the thing in the carton, so you charge them five dollars for shipping. Uh, and they're like, yeah. I got the record and I only paid $4 for the record, but I had to pay $5 for shipping. So negative feedback. So it was like always this very uh, Yelpy sort of interaction where people would would hold things over your head. So I think, uh, you know, having sold stuff on eBay uh, many times, I actually joined uh, I joined eBay 20 years ago, January 1999, right. if you can believe it. Which Jesus. is which I think is? I was on it before you. Mm, really? How old is my eBay account? Yeah, I, I, I don't remember the first thing that I bought or sold on eBay, but I know. Uh, I think I sold. I, I think it was like a vintage Star Wars account. Account? Jesus. Uh, a vintage little guy. Star Wars figure. Yeah, a little guy. Yeah, yeah. Little, yeah. Little yeah. Guy. Uh, and like uh, a pa- like a pack of <laughs> like Final Fantasy. Seven trading cards. That seems yeah. Like oh, that sounds like perfect nineties eBay. Bait. Like random, just <clears throat> eBay shit. Yeah. Uh, uh, when I was in, when more I was in a year ago, I want more than this. Tell me. Well, when I when I was I in on eBay, when I was in college, Ed, I used to go around to garage sales, and uh, this was this was before eBay got picked up by a lot of people. So I. I right. would go around and buy collectible stuff at garage sales and whip it on eBay. That uh, that worked real well for two or three years. I just uh, I did that yeah. for a couple years for you know to make my. I think at the oh, time no. I w- I was wrong. By the way, I joined in September of two thousand four. That I feel that, like I was on way earlier though. Yeah, that that's still. First off, that's still a long ass time ago. But by the by the same token, you know they didn't have. You didn't used to have to uh, put in a phone number and do all this stuff to verify your identity when you joined sites. Uh, and so yeah. you could just start it, it a new e- much work. You could start a new eBay account and just sell stuff and they wouldn't check anything. And like back then in the 90s, before PayPal took off, I mean, you would just send and receive money orders from people through the through the physical mail. Shit, I've I've changed like email addresses in that time. Oh, yeah. I job and the CEO of that job got into my email. So I had to like oh. one of my emails is actually literally one of my emails is like a honeypot. Really? Like it, it exists only to if someone goes in there, if anyone logs in, it's just because someone has decided to go looking for something. But it's kind of impossible to do now because I've actually like I've actually like got nothing on there now. And yeah, it's it, it was really smart when I did it at the time now i just have it for no reason <laughs> well yeah yeah like all my ideas 
Well, you know, and and the world the world changes so fast due to due mostly to big corporations finding like new loopholes in humanity. Like we can we can exploit people's minds. We can hijack their dopamine pathways eight percent better if we do it this way instead of the old way, right? And and yeah. you know, I I think so. Uh, eBay is just. Uh, just like any other system, it abstracts human to human communication. So if you go on Twitter, you can go on Twitter or go on yeah. Facebook and you can talk directly with somebody. And here's something amazing I've found. Uh, if you go mm-hmm. on one of these sites and you talk directly to somebody, not in front of people, but just in direct message, or you know, you say, hey, email me and you email with them or you text with them or whatever, it's completely normal. It's like amazingly normal, but just just the observer effect, just doing something in public and knowing people are watching you having a conversation with somebody just changes it back into this this weird uh, performative kind of thing that is not actually a conversation. And uh, so what I so, so what I was the eBay, the weird thing with eBay, though, is what I found with eBay is that it used to be kind of like Amazon used to be this pure place where like you just Amazon, you buy books and then eventually it was like, Oh, third parties can sell stuff. Yeah. Now eBay is 90% motherfuckers selling like actual stores, like people's like real stores that just happen to sell through eBay. Yeah. They use it just as another, like um, it's a multi-channel marketing thing. I know yeah. what the terms are for things. No, but it's like it's just another channel they fucking sell through. And it's like it, like Amazon is the same way, but eBay's even worse. But I mean, you can actually get some good deals on eBay, but it's just other shops selling through eBay. It's no longer like anything what? to do with actual like actual real people selling stuff. Like occasionally like I bought a Wii off a guy. That was cool. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But that's, oh, like, it. Like, most of the time, like, the first 18 results were, like, yeah. some guy, like, just all the same shit of just, like, 7,000 people saying, like, oh, yeah, we t- we all, like, fucking, d- like, it's, like, buydig.com or something like that. They're all, like, the same website. Yeah, yeah, and and it's uh you know just like Amazon got taken over by these sellers who, you know, and and it's obvious what happened, and it's obviously good for them. But basically, what happened is all the factories overseas that were making all of the cheap stuff that was you know going to Walmart and being bought by people and wholesaled on Amazon. You know, they make up new packaging for it, so it looks nice, and yeah. the and it's you know, English as a first language written and everything else. Um, Basically, the folks who were making this stuff said, hey, fuck this, you know, we can sell this directly on Amazon. And, you know, obviously for them, that's great because instead of selling for wholesale prices, they're selling for retail prices, which are twice as much. They undercut by a few percent and then they're just fucking raking in money. So that's that's wonderful for them. Of course, what it does is it turns any transaction on Amazon. And just like you mentioned on eBay, uh, this is the case as well. If you go on and you're searching for something like uh, you search for a pair of sunglasses 
you go on and you search for an iPhone case, you go on and you search for a plastic water bottle, you go on, you search for dumbbells, you go on, you just search for for any number of household goods or personal care items or clothing or or just anything you would buy, electronics especially, and it's going to be sold by these sellers who have incomprehensible names like FTQOU or something like that, and it'll be you know, some wholesaler where it's linked to the factory where they're actually making it. And, yeah. uh, you know, everything looks the same. And of course you never, just like if you bought on wish.com, which is probably, we, we should probably in the future do, uh, do an episode on, on wish, assuming that everybody hasn't been burnt out on hearing about what is available on wish. Uh, let us know if you've been wished to death or not, but we ought to look into this at some point because it's fantastic. Right. But just like on wish, the, the pictures and the descriptions really don't match what you get. And of course, you know, if you pay $4 for a pair of sunglasses or you pay uh, $11 for a pair of pants, you're going to get what you would expect for that price. You're not going to get, uh, you know, uh, a really nice pair of pants for $11. But uh, but anyway, this leads me back to the fact that, uh, you know, I still, uh, whether it's old records or old books, you know, I periodically collect stuff on eBay. It's never anything uh, expensive. What I delight in is finding really unusual, cool things, basically only from individuals who are selling things because that's where the unusual stuff comes from. It doesn't come from, you know, a wholesaler selling Bluetooth headphones or something. Um, and so I buy one of the things I collect uh, is old editions of uh, British publications. And it's like Harper's, uh, Harper's Young People, uh, uh, Scrivener's Magazine, uh, and there's Punch from, you know, it was like a humor magazine. The humor is really fucking bizarre God, to read. Punch, now. I haven't Mid- thought of that. For, I remember when they tried to relaunch that. It was really? like the joke magazine for racist old men. And yes, it's like, why, why is no one like this? It's like, this doesn't seem to be hitting the same notes for some reason. Huh? How right. unusual. Right. And then they kept right. making it for like four more years before just closing that motherfucker up. Right. And, and, you know, Gavin McInnes was probably buying all the copies or, or Oh, God. Tra- yeah. <laughs> just but, assume uh, that, like, he was like, this is perfect. Well, uh, so I got, so I bought, you know, I'll always buy these books. They'll be nasty. They'll smell like cigarettes. They'll be moldy. They'll be yellow, whatever. Because I get them and I scan in the illustrations. And this is what I use for, for uh, one of my comics that I make. And... So I'll be I'll buy this stuff all the time. And a lot of it is from folks who just like have an old hoard of books or they inherited an estate or they're trying to sell off their parents hoard of books or something like that. Uh, And I bought a couple. They hate their parents. uh, They snuck in. They stole their shit. They're selling. Yeah, they they stole all their old fucking moldy books and records. Exactly. And uh, so so I bought some stuff and it came with this letter and it looked like it had been it looked like he had faxed it to himself and then like photocopied it through a few generations. And it was like, hi, my name is Don or whatever his name was. It was an old guy name, obviously. And he said, I am underlying years old. So he had been using this form 
for like a long time. And by the way, the only people who ever put their age on things are kids that are like under eight and adults that are over 80, because otherwise nobody fucking old, cares. Old people trying to make a point. Yes. Yes. That's, and that's never exactly succeed. it. That's exactly it. Right. Never once. Well, this guy, so so the guy who sent me the letter, and it was a form letter, so it was not as heartwarming as the guy typing the letter saying, thank you for enabling me to see my family from 30, 40 years ago. You know, uh, it really helped me reconnect with everything I've done before I die. This guy said, hey, I'm like 82 years old, so if I fucked up, don't get mad at me. <laughs> he sent me a letter. Motherfucker. <laughs> You sent one back. I uh, listen I to me, you fucking goon. I I you didn't old res- bitch. <laughs> That's what that yeah. That would have I should have just I should have quoted the whole letter. What I should have done is I should have scanned it and shrunk it down so it was clear that I was referring. <laughs> you would have done a quote tweet. I would have quote like yeah, quote but I would have of his letter. Yeah, yeah, and I would have shrunk it down and printed it and then put my own letter beneath and just said, like you said, I don't think there's any way to improve a letter that says, Dear Don, you old bitch, with regards from me, right? <laughs> all the best. But uh, all the kind regards. So there's... Uh, yeah. So... So I think that I think that's why it struck me because I've gotten a letter from an old guy based on an eBay transaction, but the guy was super passive aggressive to me. He's like, "Hey, okay, number one, I have a lot of if books. I made a mistake, I'm too old to do this. Take yeah. away his eBay license. <laughs> you should be you should be forced to retest. eBay should make you package. Yeah, I need means Te- testing for eBay now. That is an extremely libertarian idea that you definitely know someone's <laughs> like really got very excited about. I <laughs> I think means testing for eBay. You know, you know someone's <laughs> being like chomping at the bit. Yeah, you need to. That is an extremely libertarian internet idea. That they're like, yeah, wouldn't it be great if there was an intelligence test for websites? And how will we pay for it? Easy. Bitcoin. Yeah. Well, Bitcoin, I don't know if Bitcoin's even libertarian. I think a lot of libertarians like it because it's quote unquote like decentralized and some other stuff that melts my brain. But... I'm just thinking about it and it just isn't. But no, I was I when we were talking about this letter that that person definitely got. I think that something's happened to me where I no longer believe that truly magical things happen online. I don't believe that anyone truly goes viral on their own. I believe everything is some sort of succession of theft that I I myself have definitely been part of. Like, I've definitely, like, quote tweeted something and been like, pissy fuck shit balls. And, like, that has got more retweets than the original thing. Or the more egregious examples where, like, someone's picture of a cat, hat, like a cat, like, attacking its owner. And someone has been like, me and my bank account the day after payday. 
and yeah. that like they get a bunch of tweets or just people who go on me IRL on Reddit find the thing post the thing like I've done it once it worked and I was like oh, I never want to do that again that's I feel dirty but oh also, god I 100% would not be surprised if that person had simply written that letter to themselves maybe I'm yeah. just fucking broken maybe I maybe it, it, so this letter like it's like so there were some things that just didn't line up for me because I'm crazy I'm a crazy person I read it a few times so I was reading it and okay. here's there's just like some weird things that stick out to me first of all why would he post the person's signature maybe he's a dick but I went to eBay for the first time and discovered your offer. That doesn't even sound like an like an old person way of of phrasing things. Maybe maybe again I'm being paranoid. But also there's just some shit that don't make no sense here. This isn't written like an old person wrote. It's written like someone pretending to write like an old person. And maybe I'm being a bit presumptuous and I want to find the original tweet because my paranoia also is like, I want to see if they write eBay like this guy, like capital eBay. Oh, yeah. I want to. Yeah. It's just like some shit to this just because. Well, so. um, So like, like so a retirement I, party from 25 years ago makes sense. Skiing so, trips, kids growing up, travels, and most importantly, the gentle maturing of my family. Each one more fun than the last. This person's very eloquent. And if they are indeed this technically able to send a letter and then print it and that, surely they'd be able to use one of the numerous services where you can get all those digitized. I don't know. It's just some shit yeah, that don't make there's... no sense to me. And maybe it's just maybe magic does exist in the world and I'm broken. And I'm like, no, no, there can't be magical, unique things. But I just, I just 100% believe that people will make up shit to seem more interesting. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And, this, and that someone is pathological enough to make this up themselves. Oh, I don't know. You know, the, crazy. the thing, no, the thing is, so uh, uh, let's say you're at a concert, right? Let's say that you go and, uh, you know, you go to a concert and it's like a rock show and it's like general yeah. admission. It's not like big enough that they have seats or whatever. It's general admission. And you go, let's say there's 400 people in the bar. It's essentially a bar and a venue and everything else. And there's a stage and uh, you go to the you go to the place and uh, one person or maybe two people, because you need two people to establish a pattern, right? Two separate people out of 400, two, two separate people bump into you and say something rude to you, right? Yes. You walk out of there and, and let's say you're at a show for, uh, uh, let's make up a band. The band's called Fuck Circus, right? You uh, know, supported you, by, by Gort Nation. Supported by Gort Nation, exactly. And so you go to the show and, uh, you know, two people are rude to you. And, of course, after people are rude to you, you try to stay out of people's way. And you go home and you feel yeah. like, man, uh, fuck circus fans are super fucking rude. 
because two people yeah. were rude to you out of 400, obviously not representative. Obviously, you had a bad sampling because, you know, you only remember the people that are rude to you. You don't remember people that are neutral. But I think this goes for psychos online because, uh, you know, people who are pathological just seek attention. And, you know, what? what is most crazy to me, and uh, I'm sure there are those that would disagree, Here's the thing is that if if you're online and you have something you're promoting, you have a creative outlet, you have something you're selling, whether it's goods or services, you have a brand you're building. If yeah. you are going online, you're seeking attention because you're promoting something you're doing. I think a lot of people see this as self-serving, whatever, of course. And, uh, you know, I, I am not a person who goes around stealing other people's stuff because, you know, people steal my shit all the time and they take it and they run it on yep. their social media, their corporate social media accounts. They show it at conferences. I've had my work stolen by ad agencies and used to promote the ad agency before, you know, just it, it goes on and on. It doesn't matter because that's just life. That's just how these things work now. And, uh, yep. You know, if you steal something and you're just a person and you're just a person online, you steal it just for attention for yourself. However, I feel like that's way more of a psycho thing. And I, I'm not, you know, I, I don't know if you're allowed to you're say, stealing. are you allowed to say psycho? It's, it's an unhealth. I don't want to, you know, uh, uh use words inappropriately maybe that's not the right the right word so, i feel like it's no, psycho the, the, but the i the i might say around this is that there is an ableism thing behind saying psycho yeah which i don't yeah, yeah. i just i just with that kind of stuff as someone with like like a decent amount of mental health problems and depression being one of them i'm just kind of like who gives a fuck like, I'm just like, like no one calling someone else crazy like me. Like I should be offended. I don't know. I just uh, never, I'm I never found these things particularly offensive. But then again, if it hurts you, then who am I to say what does and doesn't hurt? Everyone has their experience. That's why I try and err on the side of not saying these things or being very willing to apologize at any time. Uh, right, right. And, you know, uh, Ed, Ed and I, you know, uh, grew up in the 90s where people would use the word and, you know, it's come to bear oh, that God, you, yeah. do, you, you don't use the word retarded. And when we were growing up, people would use this word constantly. And so really just, you know, digging your heels they in, doubling down like on genuinely this. Genuinely transphobic things all the time. Oh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. Like the, it, the T word, I don't need to actually, these are ones where I'm like, I don't need to like say these. Like these are not oh, things no. that anyone needs to hear, but the T no, word. No, and you know. <laughs> for trans people, like that is in like every 90s movie. Yeah, yeah, it it is. And uh, you know, go the 90s movie, you're like, what the fuck? They keep saying this. Yeah, and uh it, it, you know, it makes listening to nineties rap really bad. Listening to nineties rap in twenty nineteen is uh, 
is super problematic. Anyway, let's not uh, uh, let's avoid going down the list of of all the slurs. No, but where the- were we? we could, can you say psycho? Was yeah, the question no, you're asking? N- uh, no, I was just and I was you going can say off. It. Who cares? I, moving on. I was going on a tangent, but but yeah, look, if it, it's very unhealthy to do things and just seek attention to your for yourself for no end. If you're online and you're engaging with the internet as an individual and you don't have anything to sell and you don't have anything to promote and you were trying to get attention to yourself as a person by stealing stuff, that's like super unhealthy. Whereas uh, I feel like, and of course I'm biased, but I feel like, hey, if you have a material goal to accomplish, this is different. Now, now. And I'll tell you, I just like, like the material goal in some ways, though, is literally just more people know who I am or people gave me the the pellet, the fish biscuits online. Oh, right. People notice me online. Right. And, and you know, you you get a chemical reward from that, of course. Just like you yeah. said, you, you push the lever, you get the food pellet. Uh, so I'm biscuit. I'm going to tell you, I've always been very upfront about this. Um I was in a group chat with a few of my friends and, uh, you know, we would always post links and pictures, uh, videos, whatever else, just sharing weird stuff constantly. And, uh, somebody posted a video of a, uh, a skateboarder going off a ramp and it was like the, uh, it was, let me see if I can quantify this. It was more like an embankment, a skateboarder going off an embankment about eight feet high landing and then like doing a little twirl around there like, hey, cool. And then the camera pans back to the embankment just as this little fucking Geo Metro goes off the embankment and everybody screams, whoa, and then it cuts off oh, right that there. One. Yeah, yeah. It's like nine seconds long. Video. It's the best video. I love it. And so what I did is I took the video and I posted it. It was floating around the internet, okay? I could have gone and sourced it. I didn't go and source it because I was doing this as an experiment. This is not something I am going to do regularly or something I'm ever going to do again because, as you'll see, the reward for it was very bizarre. Um, so I posted it and I said, this is the only skate video. This is the only good skate video I've ever seen. And I posted it and it got, now I don't, I have, uh, like, uh, 60 or 70,000 followers online. Uh, this got like a hundred thousand retweets way more than anything I've ever, ever, ever done. Just like uh, 10 times more that 10 times more popular than anything I've ever done. And, uh, so that, that was horrible. That was really horrible because it revealed to me that with the amount of people who look at my stuff, I could be making things. I could be writing content. I could be making images. I could be making videos that are compelling to a huge audience that a lot of people will really like and that a lot of people will want to share. And what it revealed yes. to me is that nothing I've ever done has ever been or likely will ever be as popular 
as me posting a video of a car going off an embankment. Yeah. And this, I mean, that's not really true, though, because if you think about what you do, and I've had this before, and I mean, I've, I didn't market my second book because the first time I marketed my book was just so fucking depressing. It really was. It was just like just endlessly grinding away at trying to get people to talk about it. And it worked and it's given it like a, a little following and it's cool. The second one, I just didn't have it in me. And then yeah. I'd post like, this is the most powerful man online. There's this Asian guy who like pulls away, nap- he pulls away, like, he does that trick where you pull the tablecloth away. Uh, yeah, the guy with the little with satin- his nipples. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With the little purple and he always does cloth. it to like songs. I can never remember what the songs are. Anyway, um, that got like a hundred thousand or maybe twenty thousand. I don't know. Like just the number at which you just turn off, you you mute, you do mute this thread. Yeah, yeah. Because you still have people being like really annoying. Um, but that was significantly more popular than anything of meaning I've ever done. Anything I truly put meaning into. But I don't think that that is a reflection of my art because by the nature of how, but by the nature of what we do, what we're doing is quite niche. Mm -hmm. Even your stuff, which is quite general, is still quite niche. Yeah, yeah, it is. And thus to expect, and also the nature of virality of any given post is based on luck and how easy it is to retweet for the, basically it's how easy is this to retweet for how many people, how easy, how approachable enough to get a retweet is this. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like it's not a fair comparison to say, Oh, this thing I shared and made a comment on is actually anything. It doesn't, those two things don't connect. Right. Right. And I don't think that that is, I don't think it's fair on you to like judge yourself that way. Or at least I've never judged myself that way. I, I, (laughs) I, uh, I appreciate the perspective. I think that's great. I I probably will, at least in part, continue to judge myself as being inferior to a car go- <laughs> going off of an embankment and landing eight feet below. Uh, I I can't help it. It doesn't but, make uh, sense to do I, that. That's like you comparing your music to like an Ariana Grande, and you have to add layers to that. It's not just, oh, this is music for popular, it's popularist music. It's not just that, because I'm sure there's plenty of like SoundCloud popularist music that doesn't get that much. It's an attractive person. It's an existent record deal. It's a series of events that led a very attractive person with a following to get a bigger following. It's a mixture of these different things that make things famous and yes there is some degree of luck but there's a degree of luck in every single fucking success you've ever seen in your fucking life and i think the yeah absolutely if you try absolutely. and when you see you the real psychos i'm going to say it so we're like brothers in arms and getting like one person mad um the real psychos are the <laughs> ones who constantly try and recreate that 
Yes. They're the ones uh-huh. who constantly try and like, so tell you someone, I'm just going to bag on someone. You might like this guy. You might like this guy. And I feel bad if you do, because I really despise what he does. Wolf puppy. He turned up again. <laughs> I don't know if you have any feelings about this guy. <laughs> do you uh, like him? I won't go so, quite as berserk. So, I won't rip my shirt off. You know, you know what? I'll I'll tell you. Feel free to say what you think about uh, whoever you want. Uh, I'm not okay. I'm not gonna be offended, and uh, I will feel free to share. Uh, I'll I, and I'll I'll lead off. I think I have fewer thoughts on Wolf Puppy than you do. Um, it, Definitely, it was, because I'm just it, I just go berserk about really specific things. It like was torture myself. It was something where it was very, uh, it was like infantilizing. It was like very, to me, it was like very baby poo poo. I never got it's, the wolf. It's twee. I, twee is a great word. Yeah, twee. And, you know, I never got, I never got it. I never related to it. And, uh, you know, when I saw it, my feeling was, which is how I feel about a lot of things, which is this is this is obviously not for me. I I don't get it. I don't like it. Um, and so I I tend to just like not think about stuff like that because I think uh, being a person who has uh, pretty pretty honestly pretty weird tastes i was explaining to a friend of mine that i don't i don't like music that has singing in it uh huh just pretty just i i get locked into these i get locked into these ideas and i just find myself like in in a corner with the things that i like and there's only very specific things i like and at the same time i realize that it's like totally my problem so i never got wolf puppy um, I I never liked it, but uh, I always had the sense from day one, like, this is just not for me. This but is really going piss that off. I haven't, I have not um, taken in any of it because, you know, when I see it, I just scroll past. I'm like, ah, that's that guy's stuff. And it's like, not, it's not so for, for me. For me, anything like this. I won't be like just like sitting there, except when I'm on a podcast, specifically finding ways to agitate myself. Um, I generally don't go looking for things I fucking hate. You've so you got it because I had like independently, like it was like fed into my feed. Oh yeah, and wasn't pleased because the people who like this are the same people who say Johnny Sum is bad. Well, correct on one. Oh, this is really? This is the same. This is I described it on Twitter, and I'm fucking correct with this as Johnny Sum for people who say that they used to be part of weird Twitter. (laughs) Because that's that's exactly (laughs) what it is. Listen to this. This is like it's a nexus of twee Johnny Sun shit, and also like try hard. Favestar. So Favestar was this thing that thankfully is dead, where it created this genre of this endless brick wall and would-be Seinfelds trying to do some malformed jokes, stand-up shit. They never respond to anyone or they respond to their little weird clique of five-star people and they'd all post just joke after joke after joke after joke, desperate to get that virality so they could be the oh, joke yeah. person. They'd be the funny joke. 
it's that plus Johnny's son. I don't have to sit here and listen to this. There's a lever on this chair that reclines into a sleeping position. Oh, I guess that was a different chair. Hmm. All right. I could learn a thing or two from this. Thanks for the warning. I will avoid it. This is fucking everybody loves Raymond. This is... Like, and then you get, like, the borderline Sunny Delight style. Okay, I've seen enough closing my eyes now until I've forgotten what some things look like. It's, like, almost emotional, but again, not quite. Well, you know, uh, as soon as you started talking about Wolf Puppy, and then you said Johnny's son, I, my first thought was, oh, yeah, this is one of those guys. But I thought it was amazing that you said people who say Johnny's son are bad like this guy. So this is a very, uh, so this is a very funny kind, (laughs) this is a very funny kind of thing. And it, and it just proves how important context is. So Wolf Puppy kind of came about and, you know, my, my knowledge of this guy, it, it kind of, uh, kind of undermines my point that I haven't paid attention to anything he's done, uh, which is true. It's very, me in one ear, someone sent it, me it. I'd it, forgotten it, about him for like years. Oh, like, yeah, like maybe 10 years, dude. Right. Uh, no, I think it, I think it, uh, maybe, yeah, it twi- like tw- 2010. So getting there. Yeah. So, uh, so the thing is, is that this guy kind of came online and he was already playing this weird little, uh, this weird little creature and he was role playing as this creature, which is like, fine. It's fine. It is what it is. But, uh, he came around at the same time. As just like you said, all of the quote unquote weird Twitter people who kind of joined and, you know, basically there were a bunch of people. I joined Twitter in 2008. I used it pretty fast off the bat to post a bunch of jokes. And then people said, oh, this is something. This is weird Twitter. No, this is just people subverting this very straight laced platform where people are saying this is what I had for lunch. This is where I'm going. This is what I did today. And, you know, other people, myself included, yourself included, Ed, uh, were using it to just post stuff that was funny. And then the fact that people were using this status update service to just make people laugh instead of say, you know, I had pizza for lunch, I had a tortilla, it really was like vastly overstated as a cultural movement. But anyway... Wolf Puppy came from the same group of people and he was mutual friends with a bunch of people. And, you know, they all came from something awful, which rather notoriously was a site where posting the N word and posting the F slur, you know, even though I said I wasn't going to go down the list of all the possible uh, uh, hate speech words you could say, uh, I seem to be doing it somehow. Uh, you know, Wolf Puppy would go on these forums and he would talk with these people and they would very openly use the N word and the F slur and all these. And it was like a hotbed of open hatred, especially of people who were non-white, people who were non-straight, absolutely violent cesspool of hatred towards trans people. Uh, you know, they hated 
furries. Uh, they hated uh, homosexual men and women. It was just basically this paradise for for white twenty year olds that then turned into white thirty year olds, and uh, you know made jokes on Twitter. So he was part of this, and uh, you know everybody was all friends with him. And this is the same crew who is really spearheading this idea that Johnny's son sucks, which uh, which itself I actually fully agree. That's part. Uh, which it's see, I personally do not. I personally do not like okay. the stuff that okay. Johnny Sun posts. This conversation, I'm taking the conversation down a road because I think here's how I want to say I want to win you over to my side because I don't think that's fair. I want to try and poison your brain <laughs> instead. So please, Johnny please Sun poison my brain is no different. Actually, he's slightly worse than the Sunny D. Uh, what's it called? The Sunny D, like the, I, I pray for the death, social, the the, so, the social media personality of Sunny D. Is that what you're getting at? So let me load up Johnny Sun. Gonna have to log out of my Twitter account because he blocked me. There we go. Um, okay. So first of all, the first pinned post is I'm writing my first movie. So there you right. go. Right. That's a. Little bit of little bit of extra, and I can't remember who said it because I fucking just I forget everything. But there was someone who talks about how Lin Manuel Hamilton and Johnny Sun monetize depression, and they fucking do. Yeah, they fucking yeah. do. They they monetize this vague self care shit. Whatever, everyone. I'm going to read this title out loud. I think for the first time. See if I can do so without spitting blood. Everyone's a alien when you're you are a alien too. So first of all, like, I'm just gonna break this down because I've got pissed off about this guy. But every time I look at the way he writes stuff, he is making fun of someone with a mental problem. There, just so we're clear, he's not being an alien. That the genus of that idea <laughs> was someone with mental, like actual, like an actual neurological disorder who can't type properly. Well, and At best and, making fun of someone dyslexic. At worst, he, you know where he's going with this. You right, know he's definitely right. thought the R word. He's definitely thought it once, and so you've got this disgusting little ghoul doing that. And then he monetizes this get happy, but don't worry about being depressed shit. Just like the dog rates guy or dog rates, as it said, you, but the dog rates guy just steals stuff. And then he claims he got permission through his dad's company or whatever. I don't care. I can't get mad at two things at once, but he does these things where he's like, Oh, I feel sad too. I'm so grateful that I get. He's quote tweeting someone about going to therapy. I'm so grateful that I get to help. I started going to therapy, and this is someone saying that Johnny's son helped break the stigma of going to fucking going to therapy. What a fucking <laughs> what a, sh- a fucking. If imagine being like a neuro like a neuropsychologist or a psychologist and seeing that and being like, oh. 
talk about talk about your life feeling shit and like watching something and being, oh, I'll never be that famous. I'll never be famous for the guy pantomiming someone who can't type properly. I'll never be that famous, but I will be the one that somehow does the work that he gets credit for, though. And yeah. everything he yeah. writes is like talking about no one. Te- the one thing about adulthood no one tells you about is that it's choosing the wrong thing to eat for lunch will somehow cause your back to hurt for the rest of the day. What the fuck are you talking about, man? Like, what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> just, just straight away. Yeah. Just picture of. Oh, this one's just fucking just. This is one where I'm like. I'm thinking of the guys who get mad and threaten people with violence. I'm like, ah, maybe. Maybe I'd see it. This one's like a picture (laughs) of the Will Smith genie. And it says, my depression when I think I'm in the clear and about to have a good day. Again, what the fuck does that mean? It's just offensive to me. And he's, you, everyone's everyone's like, he's doing a good thing. He's sharing positivity. No, no. He is monetizing people feeling sad. And continuing, because there is a difference between self-compassion and being like, ah, yeah, I'm not a piece of shit. I should get help. And what he's doing, which I believe is promoting a malaise where you constantly talk about and think about how depressed you are and you share your depression with the other people who share the depression so you can feel shit about feeling like shit, but you can feel important because other people are talking about being depressed too. Just this endless fucking ghoulish circle is self and it is self-harm on some level and i'm sorry if you're listening to this and you're like ah, re- if you read johnny sum and you're like ah he got me to therapy that is a net good but i have to wonder if you weren't already kind of there i don't like also how sad it is that you're giving this guy credit well in like, this in- guy this fucking guy I so oh, this, I the Netflix fire documentary was essentially an ad for Jerry Media. It was appalling. Your fucking self help shit is an advert for your dumb book. Twenty reasons to say good morning to the heckin' papos with Lin Manuel. <laughs> you fucking turd. You fucking <laughs> fucking asshole. Like I I hate I hate it. I hate. I hate the monetization of depression and self-care. I think it's a grotesque thing. It is counterproductive. It is counterproductive to mental health. It, the, this is a pantomime of someone feeling sad. This guy is really, if we're thinking about it, just making fun of being depressed. Because he, like, I can't yeah. tell if I'm getting yeah. sick or if I'm just on deadline. Go on. Please, any detail. But don't worry, it has the shape of something. To your, to my point I was making earlier about the, the reasons that people share shit. It has the shape of something that may approach having meaning. So people fucking share it. Oh, yeah. And this guy I think also, you're... I don't, know, I think I don't you're... know if you've ever seen Cat Williams Von Ferrell, but... This guy might get like he has some weird creepy side as well. Someone shared like all of the times he's been doing that thing where you know real thirsty guys when they just respond to girls like OMG Karen and they like constantly use the woman's name. Yeah. Sounds somewhat paranoid when I say it out loud, but he does that like all the time. I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm just going crazy on that one. No, but the, that well, is so in much the, worse in, because in, like, this is so much worse as well because at least Sunny D's selling a drink. 
least you're not thirsty anymore. Yeah, and and you know, I I think cat. Uh, I think Cat Williams Pharrell is maybe a bad example. Uh, you know, that's run by well, they a were handful the ones of who, people. They're the ones who, yeah. Well, they were the ones who posted. You know, that's like, the uh, thing. yeah. Okay, moving on. E- moving on e- from that. <laughs> yeah, that uh, you know, that's fine. Uh, and you know, I'm not. Uh, I'm not a person who uses uh, my platform to share private information about people. Uh, I. I would. Uh, no, one sh- no one would ever do that. Anyway, nobody would on. ever. <laughs> in, in all seriousness, this is just. It's another way in which, and I'm a fucking PR guy. I got no space talking about like ethical, whatever. I, mean, I don't lie to people, I guess. But it's not like I'm saving the world. It's not. But this guy it's pretends not. like he's a cause-driven guy. He's not. He makes money with with heckin' Popo's fucking Hamilton or whatever, and he's gonna make him. He work. He got. He talked about being a depressed alien with mental problems enough to yeah. get a job on BoJack Horseman. Like that's yeah. fucking. That's fucking putrid. And good morning, good night. That I just read the name of the title of the book, and even that makes me somewhat angry is like a best-selling book. So him and an already rich guy got rich. Yeah, 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 ab- absolutely. And, and you know, the, the funniest thing... The back I, of your sadness. It's and like you know, a the, Twitter version of the Sacklers. <laughs> Good morning, Stunner. You're just about getting started. Your age doesn't matter. The sun is up. The day is new. You're just getting started. I want to meet the person who reads that and that gets them through a fucking day. Yeah, yeah. Uh, good, good morbiding, Ed. <laughs> With no, no, it's, it's written. Have you? Is, I guess like someone put this through Word. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and also, is there ever a more privileged thing written than something like this? Good morning, good morning. Let's make some new mistakes. Let's find the things worth saving in the mess our living makes. Yeah, I'm sure the people who are just scraping by are like, yeah, let's make some new mistakes. Is there anything, like, that's a thing that fucking startup guys say. Well, and, and you know, you know, part of the reason why I think a lot of people really dislike this, this whole thing is because you know who really was the godfather of doing this very, uh, this very honest and this kind of caring poetry was Shel Silverstein. Okay, here's a guy and he wrote I don't know that name. Where the sidewalk ends. Oh right? shit. He wrote this very and he drew the pictures. Now this guy's drawings it were very gorgeous, influential. Bro. Yeah, it, the drawings very influential on me. One of one of my influences as far as, you know, illustrations I like, but he would write these poems and they were very uh they were very human. About, you know, what makes people happy, what makes people sad. And it was, they were poetry for children, but of course, adults found deeper meaning in them because they were really well written. And let me tell you something that uh, is a key detail about Shel Silverstein that I think this whole generation of people who are very infantile completely miss. Here's the thing. Shel Silverstein fucked Okay, Shel Silverstein uh, was a fucking freak. He was a freak, dude. Oh, did he Look, got he down? went around. He went around. He went around. And he had a band 
right? I don't look, I don't know all the details off the top of my head. You know, y'all can go and type it in and look up Shell Silverstein. Shell Silverstein. Shell Silverstein. Com slash. No, he's not. And he was where like, the, he, where the sidewalk ends. He was on the hippie shit and he was into the free love shit and he was smoking tons of weed and he wrote all these songs. He wrote hit songs. Uh, he he wrote these fucking great poems for kids. And the thing is, is you can trust this guy. Okay, look, rip to him because he's gone, right? But he was well, fucking I magical. Wanna, I'm actually going to stop and, you because your point is so salient and I found something really relevant. I wouldn't stop you otherwise. Okay, sure. Anyways, so what he's trying to do is talk to people in a way about their problems and go, yeah, I can I can speak to this, which is why great music and great art speaks to people because it, it, it touches something in you. It changes you. It, it will say to you, oh, damn, I get you. Even if it's a piece of art, an inanimate piece of art, I speak to you. So what? Then Johnny Sun's like, I got depression, and but good morning, you got your keys <laughs> to, to put on your dream pants. So instead, <laughs> I'm going to read half this poem, and then the Please end, do. Just because it's quite long. But okay, it's called "What If a Light in the Attic" from from "A Light in the Attic." So last night, while I lay there thinking here, some what ifs, some what ifs is one word. Crawled inside my and pranced and partied all night long, and sang the name of. The same old what if song. What if I'm dumb in school? What if they close the swimming pool? What if I get beaten up? What if there's poison in my cup? What if I start to cry? What if I get sick and die? So on and so forth. Then it says, and this is there's a lot of these. It says everything seems swell, and then the nighttime what if strike again. That is a fucking powerful, simple, beautiful way of putting what a lot of people feel. Yeah, yeah. That's how absolutely. a lot of people feel in their lives and like that is a beautiful way of putting it conversely conversely johnny sum will write woo saturday night you know what that means it's time to get social anxiety stay in and eat plain bread while watching food shows on netflix <laughs> That's so awful. Without a doubt That's in my so mind, bad. this guy will be remembered longer and by more people than Shel Silverstein. I, a person I, who I didn't you know, know the fucking name of. A person who I didn't know the name of despite loving his work. Was It, a, it was a bloke, right? And that's the sad yeah, thing. Yeah, this yeah, goon, yeah. this goon who says something I never expected about my anxiety is being sore all the time. I constantly tense up in social situations even when I'm having the best time, which leads me to the constant neck, back, shoulder pain. Sometimes I want to be alone just so I can relax my shoulders. Like, just, this is because of the short form way and the fact that people are desperate to share something, approximating something that someone else will share so that people will think this person understands me or they understand things that approximate a feeling I have had. This person will be famous and this person got to work on, like, a TV show and perhaps Shel Silverstein fucked and that's great, but... So many people don't know who he is. That's fucking grim, despite him doing this first and better. And it's just so... Well, it, it fills me full of angry poison. And the reason that Johnny Sun gets me so annoyed is because I've had people... Straight up when I've been angry at Johnny Sun before, which is just ridiculous, just objectively stupid. I shouldn't be this mad at it, but whatever. 
But I, and they've been like, look, he's just trying to do some positivity, man. Fuck off. No, he isn't. He's a fucking, he's a fucking charlatan. He's, he's not trying to help anyone. Or if he is, it's a, it's so that he can squeeze some money and grow his fucking rep. Fucking dude went to MIT. He's not someone suffering. This isn't someone whose great art has allowed them to elevate themselves. Someone who should be in a jail of my own creation. <laughs> yeah. It makes so me so Ed, because I know people Ed who Zitron's- don't have, like, like, so many people got laid off recently from writing gigs as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it's like... It- Ah, oh, it's just that, and and Sunny D. I I had all that anger for Sunny D, like pantomiming depression and all that. This is this is so much more conniving and cruel. And you just know, by the way, that if he ever gets called out for this by someone who actually matters, which I do not, he's gonna be like, I will give ten cents for every book sold to mental depression magazine or something (laughs) or like fucking like something really weird like i'll buy a copy of psychology today for a homeless guy like some fucking weak weak fucking thing and all these and what's great as well is if really if a gun was really held to his temple He'd be like, I didn't fucking advise anyone. I didn't purport to give mental hell. I was just being light in the darkness. And it's like, no, you fucking weren't, you goon. It it sickens me because for every person claiming that this is self-care, I think there are so many more who read it and they're just like, oh, okay. I need to be depressed in the way that fits the Johnny Sum mold. Otherwise... I'm not you know, it, the right depressed. I'm not the right I, level of depressed. I I think honestly the the thing just painting a picture the the thing is is that painting a picture and, and what really gets me about this is that your ill is the illustration of these very specific things as being you know these codified markers of meeting the criteria for, yeah. you know, depression or, or anxiety, you know, social, social anxiety is not, uh, that you are watching Netflix. Okay. Netflix is a streaming video service. Okay. The, the and idea also, that it's Netflix- not, I also just, sorry to interrupt you. Something just occurred to me that I've been trying to like harness in my brain for a bit. Yeah. Staying at home because you don't want to be around people and watching Netflix isn't, I don't think it's a depression thing. It's just being realistic about like, do you really want to see these people? Most people don't enjoy going out. Just like fucking stop. It's not a fucking stop. Like that isn't social anxiety. Stop it. Well, and you a know, a walking it, it's, service where a dog shows up at your door and you have to get out of the house and go for a walk. You fucking <laughs> asshole. You fucking piece of shit. Fucking I, like that shit is so that is like going out of the house is proving that you're not depressed is like beating your. Th- no. It's like not well, showering in- for fucking seven days. It's like like that like just, just not eating because you're torn up inside. Like 
I mean, I I realize that some people, I guess, suffer with less. Like they suffer, like they they feel bad the same level as someone feeling something way worse, I guess. But just you don't want to leave the house because you like you don't want to leave the house because like whatever. If you don't go and do something you have to do. Maybe that's a depressive thing, but just not wanting to leave the house. Maybe it's nothing outside you fucking want. Well, and and you know, I really don't like the the codifying of certain things yeah. as saying, uh, you know, this is social anxiety. No, you know, you can have social anxiety to the point where you know somebody emails you or texts you or you want to invite your friend or your girlfriend or you want to invite uh, an acquaintance to do something you want to hang out with somebody you don't know that well whatever that's that's very there's there's a barrier to entry and you know honestly you know I I'm a pretty extroverted guy by any by any measure I will uh, you know, talk to people who I don't know all the time. I go out and wander around and fucking talk to people. We've talked about this before, Ed, where you've said, you know, I am classically pretty introverted. I will not wander yeah. around the streets talking to people I don't know. And and I absolutely will. <clears throat> That's just like my uh, my drive and my personality of, of who I want to be and what I want to do. And at the end of the day, because I work online, I use online for pleasure, I use it for business, I use it for these sort of in-between things, like making art I like, but then selling the art, so that's not fucking classifiable. I I use the internet all fucking day, I get on it at, at between 5 and 6 in the morning every single day, and I don't put right. it down until about uh, probably 8 or 9 at night, and then I have to check out, and I have to turn on Netflix or turn on PlayStation or whatever. So my, my mind uh, can wind down or I just won't sleep that well. And uh, the idea that watching Netflix is a symptom of depression is, is just abjectly ridiculous to me. And it doesn't I think what it's suggesting is that seeing at home and watching Netflix is depression or anxiety or depression, <laughs> or what have you. Depression, yeah, yeah. Depression. Um, it's part of the malaise that I think people, and I do think there is a psychotic nature to it. I think they want, like, people like this want you to stay in this weird, like, pushy psychology, like, half-assed psychology. This pushy, ah, oh, you've got to be self-care, you've got to be positive, you've got to talk about your depression. No, you don't have to. And in fact, constantly talking about it, I have personally found, makes it worse. Because you're constantly reminded something's wrong with you. Now, when you take something wrong with you, I'm doing air quotes, you can't see it's a podcast. I'm doing air quotes. When you take your anxiety or depression, it becomes part of your personality. I do not mean that you're depressed and thus you seem like you feel like shit when you're like, yeah, I have depression. I talk about it all the fucking time. It's like, I mean, 
I also append that that's deeply unfair and that there are people who are like horribly depressed and they need to talk because they need it. The difference is when it's talked about and it's like none of the content exists. It's just like, I have depression. Let's talk about depression stuff. The way depression yeah, feels, yeah. not like the things that actually are going on around it. It's this weird caricature. It's this weird thing of you need to be constantly talking about it, but you don't really. And the one person you don't need to talk to is like an MIT dropout who works on BoJack Horseman. Like that's the worst. But also the the reason that I got so pissed off with the dog, like going out for a walk is that's a weird codification that outside is good and inside is bad. But also it's enabling yeah. people who just like want to enjoy their life. Like, but enabling people who want to like get attention by being depressed, which is not the same. I'm not accusing you. Don't be accused. I'm not attacking you personally, Dave. No, I'm not. I'm not accusing <laughs> anyone directly. There are people who just like there's there's some people. I'm not even going to use enough descriptors here because I don't like calling anyone out specifically other than Johnny Sun all day, every day. I will. Uh, there are people who like insist on constantly having conversations about vague acts that they have codified as part of their depression with very little forward movement toward like getting rid of it. It's like, you need to accept yourself, which is true. You have to accept yourself. Definitely. But also you have to, at some point be like, where do I want to be with all this shit? Like, where do I, like that, that when I got past like some of the worst parts of my life, it was like getting past the performative part of like, I'm depressed. Everyone knows me as the depressed guy. I'm always fucking down. Everyone's kind of accepted that. But that's not a great thing to have as part of your personality. Now, being mad all the time, that I can own. But that rocks. <laughs> yeah, that kicks out. No, but it's perfectly healthy, I'm sure. No psychologist, please. Um, but there's this weird thing where he is feeding this culture of, I have anxiety. And that's like, I don't know. Maybe I'm being a bit judgy, or 100% am. Everyone I know who has like serious anxiety, talking about it just starts the anxiety train off. Yeah, like, you don't want to fuck it. Like I feel like shit even mentioning it. Like it sucks, it sucks. But it's like now I'm anxious. Now I'm worried about being worried, and now it's a fucking cycle. Now it's up my butt. Now it's fucking there and fucking bothering me, and it's like it eats at me and ironically stops me eating because I can't eat because it lives in my throat. It's fucking brutal. It breaks you and hurts. Like that. Like, go on, Johnny, son. Get into that shit. Get into that shit. Not always oh, stay at home and watch Netflix. Like, I woke up <laughs> with my heart racing, and I don't know why, so my brain looked for something, and it found it. Yeah. I sat there yeah. obsessing over something I can't even do anything about tomorrow but i did make sure i didn't fucking sleep yeah. like that yeah. is something that i know a lot of friends feel that if he did that even if he pivoted his stupid brand to that that would be great bring some attention to the dark side of it not the lin-manuel miranda good morning do you have your dream pants on let's go dancing in dreamville let's make some mistakes shit Nah, fucking 
Talk what? about like if it, and honestly, if your depression is just oh, I'm worried someone will hate my my script for Bojack. Don't worry, they're not going to tell you, mate. They're not going to tell you. <laughs> Fuck it. You'd be like, and, Ooh, and fuck Jerry stole one of my tweets and get a hundred thousand fucking people <clears throat> feeling sorry for a guy who is just as immoral as you. In fact, fuck well, Jerry's at least it, honest about it. <laughs> you know, well, they're both uh, awful uh, is the, what I'm getting the at. The thing they they are, and and here's something that's maybe tangential. Uh, yeah, we should probably get know, off the subject but, before I just like actually start. You, you know. Going you know, Bojack.com and buying some uh, top. <laughs> we're gonna have listen, uh, first of all, uh, we're gonna have a GoFundMe. Uh, we've talked about this. We're gonna have a GoFundMe to stop Ed from doing just anything so clear, he's gonna regret. And if he somehow gets just, picked up by that immoral goon. I have no actual murderous thoughts towards Johnny Sum. Here's pantomime. It's pantomime. I'm not doing anything. Uh, it's not a fucking threat. I think you're a so fucking the, goon. There we are. The, I'm done. Uh, no more. So ultimately, the the funniest thing to me is like, there's just so many things in the world I disregard. I just see something and I'm like, it's not for me, and and it doesn't. Uh, you know, I, especially online, I'm very selective about what I consume, and I'm very selective about who I follow, and I'm very selective about. You know, actively saying, you know, I don't necessarily want to see X, Y, or Z. I have controls. I can keep this stuff from entering yeah. my life. And, and it and it's less frustrating to me while still allowing me to see the zeitgeist of what's going on, which I need for my job, which is really dire, but whatever. Ultimately, at the end of the day, the funniest thing about all of this, Ed, is that all of this... Uh, all of this character and everything that's written, we've already established whether or not you or I like this character and, and you know, this sort of bent and yeah, these I haven't fixations. Quite decided yet. These fixations on on mental health and so forth. Is that all to me, to me, Bojack Horseman is just a really uh unhappy and not very interesting show. Uh, I watched quite yep. a bit of it. It was uh, sort of funny. I like the I like the intro music. It was sort of funny. It was sort of good. It was like interesting, whatever. And then uh, I watched. Um, I think I must have skipped ahead, and I watched some of the very last season that went up, or two seasons ago, or whatever. And it was just. Uh, it was really sad. There were no. There were like not very many jokes. Uh, all the characters were like all divorced and they were all sad, but they were all keeping yeah. each other at arm's length, which is like maybe relatable, but it's like to me, it's not a very healthy way of going about your so life. The, pro um, the problem with Bojack is it like a lot of shows slowly started getting made for the audience that was watching it versus what felt like a complete piece of work so the first season or two i found quite daring because it was like discussing these things in a really pantomime way and quite clever thoughtful and i was like oh this is really kind of like the good place used to be like it was quite thoughtful in the way it was doing things and the jokes were like very quick and they moved on yeah jack was the same thing yeah. there were little references and then the moment i started seeing it tweeted about a lot I started seeing jokes that clearly appealed to people who were going to tweet about a show. 
Same thing happened with oh. The Good Place. And it started becoming yeah. this show that was, it was, each character was a neuroses, a neuroses, I don't neuroses, is that the singular? I don't fucking know. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Um, for one person watching to go, that's me, which is a really bad way of writing anything. And it's just relatable is one thing. Custom built so that people feel sad is another. And I think Bojack has fallen in that trap. Good Place has just become a show for Twitter. There was a joke on it. It was like, what's the... This this is a real joke. And I, I groaned when I heard this. So... There's a bit where it's like they're talking to someone who knows everything and they go, what's the biggest celebrity hookup? No one would expect. And they go, and this sounds like a fucking generated joke from like an AI that read Twitter. It was like, Drake and Ruth Boehner Ginsburg. I just went, oh, oh, God. Just like (laughs) choking on the bile in my throat. But I do think that that is... A really bad thing that ha- it first time I remembered that happening was actually back with um, Lost, and that was before you had. That was actually before you really had Twitter going off. That was when people had expectations yeah. and theories, yeah. and the writers felt they had to meet them. I feel that BoJack and The Good Place are now trying to fit what people want to see from the show every week. Yeah, and it's painful because it's not fun to watch anymore and it feels very rushed and bojack feels the same way it felt like the first two seasons i really liked and then it just started becoming this show it's like and i think you made a point about how it's like everyone's miserable and divorced and such and it's like the ways that characters fall apart you can see the moment where the writers went god damn that's deep like whenever a character like <laughs> stops speaking or is upset with another character, they go, "Yeah, I guess it is like that, man." Yeah, and then there's sad music, which they think is how arguments happen in real life. When in reality, arguments happen like scream, scream, or like terse shit, and I was like, "Fine, yeah, all right then." And then someone walks out of the room. Like it's not in this charmingly written kind of twee, even though it's sad way. And it pisses me off. Nothing could just be fun anymore. Okay, that's not true. There, there were numerous products. Like I watched Creed 2 the other day, and that was great. That was just fun. I didn't feel like it was built to like show off to anyone or like prove anything to some group of people because they cry while watching Netflix. Like it didn't feel like <laughs> it didn't feel as contrived for a movie about like boxing, which is like insanely contrived and like super on some level super cliche it didn't feel contrived because i like it did what i expected yeah yeah and is that the one ed where where you posted and i think you posted something uh and and i i related to it which was you posted and you said this this movie is made for me because you know most people know what's going to happen they know the good guy is going to triumph at the end and you posted and you said and, yeah, and you posted and you said, oh, I don't know. He's getting backed into a corner. He's yeah. getting beaten down. He might lose. Oh, my God. <laughs> Your brain's like that, too? Are you no, the same absolutely. way? Oh, that's absolutely. so good. Like, I wish because... Mission Impossible. And I'd be like, 
Oh damn! I don't know if he can. How's he gonna? How's he gonna get out of this one? He's this like the fifth movie. How's, how's he gonna Impossible complete thing? the mission? Mister Impossible isn't gonna survive this one. Like I'm always like, oh no, man. Ooh, and it's like this is. Mission. It's Creed. It's the second fight in the Creed yeah, movie. Yeah. Not to spoil yeah. it, but what do you think happens? And it's right, like the right, first right, fight, right. even then, like where it was like, okay, we're like 45 minutes at most into this movie. Of course he's going to lose. Like it's in the trailer. And even then I was like, oh, maybe he'll come back. It's just, just dumb. <laughs> so stupid. And I'm like, like, he's getting hit at the end in the fight. I'm like, oh no. Oh no. What if he this is make it? this is it. Maybe this is the mission that is truly impossible. <laughs> yeah, just like, I'm always worried they're gonna like kill him off or like it's like so any any like movie with any movie that doesn't get me to that state, I'm always worried about. Yeah, yeah. Like so, the Last Jedi, which is a movie that I don't like, and actually. The reason I won't talk about how much I dislike it on Twitter, at least, is because not liking this movie apparently codifies you as a Nazi now. Like, a, just, or a sexist yeah. and whatever. And actually, yeah. I just don't want to contribute to a negativity that's almost entirely made up of, like, really scummy guys. But there's a yeah, movie that yeah. I was just like, what's going on? I don't care if they die. <laughs> like, I was like, genuinely watching that. But Mr. Impossible and Creed, I was like, Damn. Is he going to be okay? He's got a kid. <laughs> you know, I... Uh, I nearly cried I, at the I, end. I won't spoil why, but it's like a really obvious thing. I was like, oh my God, that's beautiful. <laughs> hey, I'm just like happy he completed... Movies. I'm happy he completed the mission that everyone said yeah. was impossible. I'm well, just I'm talking about Creed, <laughs> so I'm happy you won the boxing. But in Mission Impossible, when he like does the mission, when he succeeds in the very possible mission, I was like, "Yay!" It's like it's like clapping, you know, like and, like a kid at the and, circus. Uh, Yay! Wee! Yeah, and uh, you know it, it's bizarre. Uh, you know, really, I used to uh, not. I think I used to be a lot more apathetic about this stuff. Yeah. And I, and I'll tell you what I'll tell you what broke my brain on it was was getting through that stage of life where you have a kid and all your friends have kids and yeah. you start seeing these like very small like uh these very small difficulties for your kid, these things they have to overcome and oh, yeah. just feeling this vicarious joy of them overcoming these things. And it's like your mind gets used to uh, achieving victory by proxy, right? It's like, you know, I'll, I'll tell you, my, my daughter was about two years old and she had a bunch of little pieces of toys because invariably, you know, people people give your kid toys, even though she's never liked anything other than like reading and drawing pictures and and you know doing stuff that is not like playing with toys and pretending that the toys are alive or whatever she's just never done that which yeah. you know echoes my own existence i was never into it i was always into reading whatever but she had these these little toys and uh she was sorting them and i still remember that she's 2 years old so this was a very long time ago and she yeah. had you know all these 
parts of toys. She was sorting them. And the two piles were damn it and piece of twap. So she was alternately picking up a toy, a little piece of a toy, looking at it, and then saying either damn it or piece of twap and putting it in the appropriate pile. This is one of the favorite, one of my favorite things that's ever happened to me. You know, I had, uh, what did I had last mean though? I don't know. I don't know. I tried to talk to her. I will never know. No, I tried to talk to her about it and it like snapped her out of it and uh, she never went back to it. She never explained it. So it's like, so it's like, yeah, like observing it. Just like I said, the observer effect, you know, knowing you're being observed changes your behavior. But I will say uh, uh, that watching my kid figure out, uh, again, she was probably about two. Right. And we had just gotten one of the first iPads that came out. And yeah. it was, a, of course, at the time it came out, it was magical. It was probably like $800 or something. Now, I, I don't know how I would buy something like that now. But uh, I guess this was this was before years of paying for family health insurance depleted all the money I had. Uh, just handing her an iPad and she immediately picked it up and just started swiping on it. And I was like, what the fuck? And she opened an app and she started using the app. Now we had never verbally described, we had never verbally described how any of this works to her, but like she had just seen us doing it and she knew what to do. And she just, it was like angry birds or something. She just picked it up and just started fucking playing angry birds. And, uh, you know, having things happen like that, just this sense of accomplishment Really, I think changes. Some people would say it breaks your brain. Some people would say it changes your brain. I don't know. But I think it uh, improves your really, brain. I think because, it improves your brain. I think you're right. Because, because having when empathy, you start enjoying shit without the veneer of what other people would think if you're enjoying it with the side note of, obviously, I do not mean racist stuff. But I mean, all the shit that people's like, people are like, you're stupid for liking this. Like, all the, the movies that are always like person thing, like date night and game night and nighttime and time night and like tag yeah. And yeah. stuff. <laughs> like, all those movies are genuinely enjoyable. They're fine. They're just, some of them are better than others. Like, there's one called like The Spy Who Dated Me. That fucking sucked. But I've watched these movies because my wife and I'll be sitting there with the kid and we'll be like, I want to watch a movie. And I, she doesn't want to watch any of like the weird shit that I have saved. I don't want to watch some like Korean soap opera like she wants to watch. So we find something like we'll find like a movie like that. And it'll be great and it'll be fine. And some people judge that as like an erosion of what you should believe in. But it's not like these deeply irony poison people are watching the fucking Hundred Blows or another Criterion movie. They're not sitting there and penning their fucking thesis. Right. I realize we just spent like a decent amount of time bagging on like Bojack Horseman, one of the most popular comedies and Good Place, another one. But there is a different... (laughs) like. I don't know. I think that there is. Uh, we've already said we're hypocrites, right? We said that quite a few times. Uh, but oh well, yeah. Every everybody is. It's just if you're gonna if you're gonna be 
uh, self-aware enough to admit that, you know, the stuff that the stuff that I say is not necessarily my stated ideals are not necessarily going to fall in line with the exact actions I take as a human being. Exactly. Yeah. And I think it's, I think, I think it's weird how the, I prefer those things, the things that are just like funny guy or guy time or bad moms and then bad moms, bad mom Christmas. And people are there, stupid <laughs> movies, stupid people, but the good place, the smart thing, because they perceive those bad movies, quote unquote, as not being intellectually challenging and on some level manipulative. Just I've heard someone literally say, just giving the audience what they want. Which is a bad, I think that's a bad precedent to set. Like being anti-giving audience what they want. Hmm. I hate being satisfied. It's like when I <laughs> bite into a pizza and it's actually uh, a different meal. Thank you, Brain, for not giving me another <laughs> meal there. Just, just It was like steak, uh, cardboard. It, like My brain said, say cardboard. I'm a fucking genius. But, but then they're like, yeah, but I watch smart shows like BoJack Horseman. And the good place, which are as manipulative, if not more so, because they are like they are precision sniping things for people to share on Twitter, and that yeah, is and so much worse than self knowing. Well, and and there's just the idea that you're gonna do something inside the show that's gonna generate a moment that is gonna cause people to watch the show is is just ultimately undermining the idea that the goal is to make something that genuinely you know makes people happy or you know makes people laugh or gives people uh something to pay attention to 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 enjoy and perhaps distract them from their own real life. I there's like an amount of stuff that I can't watch. And again, this ties into the fact that, you know, being acutely aware of other people and part of its age and part of it is having a family, you know, part of it is, is having family members that, that have gone through, you know, acute health problems and some of them survived and some of them didn't. And, you know, just being aware of the spectrum of life. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Ultimately, and I know we probably have to wrap this up soon, but ultimately here's the thing that I think is that if you watch a, a fucking movie, like a boxing movie and you fucking want the boxer to win and the boxer's in trouble and you don't empathize with the boxer, that's not somehow better. You, you, you are lacking the ability to see what's happening. And it is what it is. If that's, if that's what you have going on, that's fine. And, and, you know, I don't think people necessarily control this, but at the, at the end of the day, okay, these guys who are out there writing this stuff that is just this very calculated portrait, whether it's a calculated portrait of a smart guy, or it's a calculated portrait of a witty guy who has a witty comeback, or it's a calculated portrait of a depressed guy, or a little five-year-old wolf, look, none of them fuck, okay? No. At the end of the day, nobody is 
having an intimate relationship with somebody else. It's all, it, it, it's all fucking hazy. It's all like only contacting people through the computer. It's the, the closest they've ever got to touching a, another person's human body is like pushing their hand up against the wall and somebody else might be pushing their hand on the wall next to them. It's this very super fucking unrelatable way of dealing with everything. Yeah. And you know what? Here's what I want. I want to I want to read work by writers who fuck. I want to read <laughs> comics in writing and poetry from people who fucking take drugs and fuck because it's just so much more fucking interesting, okay? The idea, uh, uh, and, and when I was in high school, okay, you know, I took the SAT. It is what it is. They invited me to a thing where they're like, oh, you know, you took the SAT. We like you. We think, we think you're smart, whatever. Come to this thing for MIT. And I went and they brought real MIT nerds there. And uh, people were like, well, what's life like at MIT? And the guys were like, oh, well, you're not going to have time for anything. You have to do homework. And I was like, I thought you were like tapping my mom. Like a comical French voice. Eh. Uh, 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 MIT. And I'm tapping. And I'm tapping my mom on the shoulder. Like, can we leave now? Like, these guys fucking suck. I'm not trying. Yeah, yeah, I'm not I I'm not trying to do homework. You know, uh I want to go to college and I want to uh smoke really bad weed and I want to have sex. Like that just that just is what it is. And like I said, you know, I'm an extrovert. Maybe that's my personality, whatever. But uh just the idea that all these people are walking around and they're telling each other how to live their lives and and they cannot really actually communicate with other people they're out there you know positioning themselves and i'm not naming names but they're positioning themselves as being these arbiters of right and wrong and smart and stupid and fulfilled and unfulfilled and all of these orthogonal dimensions of existence and none of them are actually doing anything enjoyable they no. are they're they're painting a portrait of themselves being the one eating for fuck's sake eating white bread just like you said eating white bread streaming something on Netflix uh that 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 is you know their their end goal to achieve and what you should do is is you know you should to the to the best of your abilities you know uh talk with somebody that you know that you like, you know, forge a fucking relationship, have something in common. If it's something that you want and it's something that that your your friend or your partner or your acquaintance wants, you know what? You should fuck. Because Shel Silverstein fucked. He kicked ass. He did a bunch of drugs. He wrote some hit songs. Uh, that's like one of my one of my guys where I'm like, you know, you only have so much time. You know what? Fuck it. Do your thing, make yourself happy. Don't aspire to eat white bread, and don't aspire to pretend to be a, a fucking animal because you you saw something and and you know somebody sold you this idea of being happy <laughs> based based on relating to something. 
Yeah. It's so fucking, it's so, it's so fucking it's depressing so disgusting. to me. Yeah. It's wretched. It's truly wretched. Uh, anyway, Ed, uh, uh, before, before we go, uh, something Ed and I have done periodically is, uh, you know, before leaving you on such a down, dour note, I, I'm going to tell you guys about something that I enjoyed this past week. Uh, it's, it's on the torrent sites. It may be on streaming video. Uh, if you're listening and you're interested and you can't find it, I have a copy of it on my hard drive. I'll literally send it to you. Uh, it's a movie from 1979. It's called Americathon. What it is, is it's this fictionalized satire version of America, uh, the movie was made in 79. It takes place in 1998. It's a fictionalized future version of America. We've run out of fossil fuels. Uh, the president is an idiot. Television is really disgusting. Uh, it, it's prescient and at the same time, very funny in a way that's not uh, Trump is an orange Cheeto, which, you know, I think we all get way too much of these days. So uh, check that out. Very, very funny, legitimately funny. Uh, it, if for no other reason than to see, you know, just how right they got the picture of what was going to happen today. And my my it, recommendation is you watch Creed two. Creed two. Not going to spoil it, but someone wins the boxing game. <laughs> All right. I wasn't All sure right. until the hey. end. I didn't know if he was going to pull through, but. It was a nail biter. So it's a nail biter movie. So uh, for those of you that like suspense, uh, and also seriously though, Michael jo- Michael B. Jordan is fucking good. It's just just to a very short rant. It's just a very good movie. Very well acted. Like Dolph Lundgren comes back and he's trained his son to fight Adonis Creed, played by Michael B. Jordan. And like if you remember from whatever Rocky it is. Uh, it's like he's like Dolph Lundgren fights Apollo Creed and kills him, and then Rocky goes to Russia and beats and beats Dolph Lundgren. Yeah, it's yeah. actually really it's so like obvious and kind of cheesy, but it's good, real satisfying. Oh, I I love Dolph Lundgren. I'm I'm oh, he's probably so good actually going to cue. It's like really I'm gonna, I'm you gonna should watch Creed and Creed Two. They're both just fantastic movies, and Sylvester Stallone's in it as Rocky, as like his trainer, and it's fucking brutal. It's so good. Everyone watch these movies. I gotta, I'll watch it. I'll watch it. Uh, right. Anyway, hey, call it thanks again. Thanks again, guys, for listening. FTF podcast, of course, Fuck the Future, censored by Apple Computer, which still managed to give Ed a, a new phone, so they're not all that bad. I'm Drew Toothpaste, at Drew Toothpaste on Twitter, and Ed is at Ed Zitron. Uh, thanks again for listening, and we'll talk to you next week. Thanks. Thanks.